Hi, rejoicers and friends of rejoice. Praise God. We're here in this place, ready to advance the word of God on behalf of Jesus the Christ. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for this virtual opportunity to give the word and to participate in worship. Praise God. To solicit our God's power and strength through prayer. Amen. As a matter of fact, it's prayer time. It's prayer time. It's prayer time right now. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me, and let's go to God. Let's go to God in prayer. Oh, God, I need you. I need you to step in and endow me with your anointing, enliven me with your wisdom, your knowledge, your intellect, Lord God, so that I can advance your cause through your word. We know that the word is alive, a rima word, a contemporary, relevant word. Is, is, is available for us, oh God. So allow us, Lord God, to listen, to hear, to understand, to heed your word, Lord God, in this moment. Allow us, Lord God, to seek your face and to seek your heart, to seek your knowledge, to seek your wisdom, to seek your direction in times like these, Lord God. Allow us, Lord God, to draw closer to you that we might experience your power, your presence, your prosperity, and, Lord God, your peace. Allow, Lord God, the peace that surpasses all understanding, Lord God, to fulfill us, to satisfy us, to give us a spirit of contentment, to strengthen us, Lord God, in the midst of all that we go through in this life. Bless each household, each family that make up the Rejoice family. Bless the church universal across the length and breadth of the entire planet, Lord God. Bless this region, bless this city, bless this county, Lord God, bless the spaces that we occupy, the people, Lord God, that we are in fellowship with and, and, and in contact with. Please go with them, Lord God. And then, Lord God, meet the needs of the last, the least, the lost, the most needy, those who are most suffering, those who are the sickest, the, 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 who are diseased or sick right now or, 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 or experiencing, Lord God, hardship in any way. Go with those, Lord God, who are grieving and overcoming, Lord God, death and dying. Allow them to be comforted by your spirit, Lord God, in the midst of all of this. And allow, Lord God, us to overcome everything that would prevent us from coming into the presence of our God. Allow us to overcome anger or bitterness or resentment or, or boredom or, 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 or depression or despair or disappointment in the name of Jesus Christ. Allow us, Lord God, to overcome fears and allow us to navigate the financial challenges in this season. Allow us, Lord God, to manage our grief properly and to claim you for healing, Lord God. Remove the guilt and the shame and the iniquity and the insecurities, Lord God, that we face in the name of Jesus. Allow us, Lord God, to overcome any regrets or any problems that we're experiencing right now and allow us to come to you for deliverance, to come to you for salvation, to come to you for healing, to come to you for power, to come to you, to you for the anointing to fall afresh upon us in the name of Jesus. Touch and bless, heal and deliver, set free, touch in Jesus' name. And the people of God said amen. Amen. We want to be in prayer in this season for Sister Linda Coleman. And their brother Crosby, Sister Linda, uh, unfortunately lost her father. 
We want to be in prayer for Matt Doggett, who's uh, recovering at home, for Alma Holder, who's recovering at home, for Tanya Badger, for, who's also recovering at home, for, for Brother Whitney Hightower and his wife Linda, Brother, Brother Whitney's uh, sister, is hospitalized. And we want to pray for the sons of uh, Jabari and, and Ramona Smith. Uh, who are recovering at home. In the name of Jesus, bring deliverance and meet needs and, and just insert into the environment your appeals and your petitions and your intercessory prayers as well. Amen. So we're going to turn to the Word. Uh, the Word, and we're going to start off with a text from Isaiah. Isaiah, the 26th chapter, the third verse. It indicates... You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Again, Isaiah 26, chapter, the third verse. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Praise God. We've been talking about peace in the storm and and today we're going to deal with a passage of scripture that's found in, uh, in Acts, the book of Acts. It's really, uh, in the New Testament, it's one of the most lengthy uh, passages of scriptures talking about uh, the problems that Paul encountered uh, when he uh, ran into a tumultuous storm. And in essence... It, it describes in a lot of detail the whole 27th chapter. 44 verses are committed to this story about Paul going through a waging storm uh, and uh, the problems that he faced. And, and ultimately, this storm resulted in a shipwreck. Uh, thank God that uh, you know every life was spared in the midst of this shipwreck. And Paul prophesied and predicted that life would be spared. But the ship was lost. You know, when we think about, you know, different uh, mythical kind of, uh, you know, adventures that are talked about, even shipwrecks. You know, you think about the ti Titanic. The Titanic going down. It was supposed to be an unsinkable ship, but it went down. And we think about, uh, in, in the Bible, we think about Noah's Ark. A phenomenal ark was built in order to house every animal on the face of the planet <coughs> to allow those animals to arrive at a place of safety along with the human family. Amen. We think about Jonah. Jonah, uh, you know, being uh, at sea. We think about Jesus at, uh, on the Sea of Galilee, walking on water, only Jesus, and speaking peace to the storm. Amen? And so storms, ships, they're prevalent in life and stories, these epic and classic stories, but they're also prevalent in Scripture. And a storm is also a metaphor for life, our lives. Uh, naturally, nobody's happy if they uh, uh, aborted a cruise ship in order to have a nice vacation. And next thing, you, you run up on tumultuous weather, bad weather. Then dissatisfaction kicks in. And in life, we, we run up on storms. 
unpredictable. Uh, uh, and, and the, the magnitude of them is unpredictable. But we run up on storms. And those storms, uh, God has predicted that they would come. And he's also given us the remedy, the antidote, the prescription to deal with all the storms that we face in life. Praise God. You know, and we face storms, but a lot of times we don't want to accept them. We don't want to face them. We want to avoid them. And uh, even in life, the various storms come, and we think about, if I could avoid this, if only I had such and such a thing, then I wouldn't be in this storm. I wouldn't be in this circumstance. I wouldn't be in this situation. I wouldn't be going through this. But, but we go through, and we can't allow the if only. You know, if only I had a better job. If, if only I had more money. If only... You know, I was thinner. If only, you know, I, I had the right connections. If only, whatever, you know. So, so, so we look at, you know, how things, how we think th things ought to be, and it, and it automatically creates a spirit of dissatisfaction, a spirit of discontent, a spirit of unfulfillment because of the way we look at life in many, in many instances. So, so we feel like if, if I owned the right stuff, I'd be okay. If I was able to purchase you know, had purchasing power, I'd be okay. If I knew the right people, I would be okay. If I had that newer, a nicer thing, I would be okay. And, and so, as a result of dissatisfaction, certain things creep in that God wants us to grapple with and deal with. In this season, I'm sure, you know, most of us are dissatisfied in one shape, form, fat, or fashion. Amen, somebody. And so, when dissatisfaction occurs, Invariably, worry is going to occur. Hurry is going to occur. Anxiety is going to occur. Despair is going to occur. Doubt is going to occur. Stress is going to occur. Sleeplessness is going to occur. Feeling overworked and exhausted is going to occur. So, so the circumstances basically can take us into a tailspin where all these negative outcomes can occur. You know, so 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 my own unmet expectations can affect my mood, can affect my attitude, can can affect my temperament, can affect my disposition. So 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 God has a prescription for stability, even in the midst of instability. God has a prescription for for peace, even in the midst of the storm. God has a prescription for healing, even in the midst of disease and sickness. Amen. But what happens is we want uh, our, our, we have these contingency approaches to contentment. My contentment is going to, be, going to be contingent on such and such a thing occurring. Well, Philippians 4 and 6 through, through verses 9, it has something to say about it. Let, let's look at uh, verse 6. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer, and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then in verse 7 it says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, these are the things he wants us to think about. Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worth praise, think on these things. 
what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Isn't that powerful? You know, so the word of God says that the circumstances don't have to change for our attitudes to change. Amen. That we can, in essence, move into a different place, a place of thankfulness, a place of gratefulness, a place of appreciation. Thank you, Jesus. So contentment can be ours, even in the midst of what we're going through right now. But we have to overcome envy. You're, not, you're never going to be content if you're envy and, envious and jealousy, jealous. You know, envy is when you, know, you want what somebody has and you don't want them to have it. So there's malicious intent involved in envy. Jealousy is just, you know, you want it. And, and so envy and jealousy will lead to being discontent. Materialism will lead to being discontent. If I got to have more and more to be satisfied, more and more things, more and more stuff, more and more possessions, more and more pleasure, then I'll never be satisfied because I'm led by pleasures and possessions. Ungratefulness will lead us to being discontent. You know, when we don't know how to count our blessings, count them like the song said, count them one by one. We've lost this, this ability to manage, you know, lack. You know, we know how to, how to have, but in many instances, we don't know how to have not. We don't know how to experience lack in the right way. God wants us to move toward being content and loving. Praise God. In Philippians 4 and 11, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned, Paul is saying, I've learned in whatever situation I'm in to be content. He says, I've learned this. It's, you know, and, and, and further he goes on in verse, in, in verse 12 to say, I know how to be brought low. And I know how to abound in, in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Praise God for that. So, so, so Paul says, I've learned. It's, it's a secret. Now, you notice the language he used. He said, I've learned the secret. That, that means it's not clear to everybody. It's not, exp it's not readily available for everybody. Uh, th this has to be a whisper campaign to achieve contentment. In other words, it's not something that everybody knows about, everybody's experiencing. Very few, unfortunately, receive the gift of contentment. But Paul said, I learned how to do it. And, and, and he's trying to get us to draw a little closer, to listen more carefully, to be attentive. He says, listen, listen, I've learned this secret. I want to I divulge this secret to you of how to be content. Amen? See, see change occurs when our attitudes do. When, when our attitudes change, we change. You know, when Paul was about to go on this, uh, this he, he, was, he was a prisoner and uh, soldiers controlled him and he was forced to go on this ship. He warned the sailors and the soldiers and he warned these mariners and he warned these, you know, these jailers that, you know, we should go on this trip. We shouldn't go, go out there. He, he prophesied about the danger that was out there. And uh, unfortunately, because he's a Jewish preacher, uh, they didn't respect his nautical ability, his, his, his mariner ability, his sailing prowess, and they just went on, you know. And unfortunately, uh, reason will sometimes try to drown out revelation. Revelation is important. You know, in every season it's important. I think 
Sometimes as a preacher, we call ourselves watchmen or watchwomen on the walls. We're, we're trying to proclaim something that people sometimes pay attention to and sometimes they don't. Sometimes they take you seriously. Other times they don't take you so seriously. Sometimes they're very attentive and they try to apply what you're saying. Other times, like my dad used to say, it go in one ear and out the other. And that's one of the most difficult things about uh, proclaiming the word. There are scriptures that, that, uh, that tell us who proclaim the word we need to encourage ourselves that we need to preach in season and out of season, even when it's popular and unpopular, even when people listen or they don't listen, even when they're attentive or they're not attentive. We need to share the word, and we need to encourage ourselves in the midst of that. And, and I'm telling you, in these years that I've been preaching, there have been many times that I had to encourage myself. Because, I, you know, because things you, just basic things, basic things you ask people to do, basic instructions that you give about spiritual matters. People don't take the spiritual advice seriously. So here, Paul is unheard and he is unheeded. And one of the keys, my first point in, the, in this message is knowing creates contentment. Knowing. You know, Paul knew that peril, danger, difficulty, a storm was on the horizon. Amen. God in the word, if we were to read it, if we were to study it, if we were to meditate on it, it warns us about storms. It warns us about hard times. It warns us about difficulty. It warns us about trouble. It warns us about trauma, trials, and tribulation. It gives clear direction about how to handle it, how to manage it, and that we're going to have to face it. And in essence, it tells us that no, nobody is exempt. We don't get a hall pass. We don't get a, a bypass when trauma or trouble is coming our way at some point in life or at different stages and steps and seasons in the life cycle will be there. And sometimes, as I mentioned earlier, sometimes we all get in the boat together. Uh, the slave, the free, the Jew, the Gentile, the male, the female, the young, the old, the white collar, the blue collar, uh, the affluent, the poor, we get in the boat together. This is one of those seasons. We're in a boat, and we're all in it together. And the question is, how do we cross over? How do we survive? Amen, somebody. And so it's important that, that, that we come out of these things that prevent us from being content. Envy, materialism, ungratefulness, selfishness. Amen. God has a therapeutic prescription for us to come out. And so gratitude is one of the keys. Thankfulness is one of the keys. Instead of the if-only mentality, you have to shift to the already mentality. Instead of if-only, you got to say already. What does that mean? Well, God already has brought me out in the future, in the past, and he'll bring me out in the future. God already is meeting my needs. God is feeding me. He's clothing me. He's sheltering me already. He's already achieved some things. He's, he's given me a job. I may not have a job now, but he's already given me a job. I've had a job. I've had opportunity. I, I've been blessed. So, so gratefulness is about already acknowledging what he's already done. Praise God. And when you occupy that space of gratefulness, can't complaint, murmur, grummering, uh, murmuring and and murmuring, you know, it, it, it can't live. Groaning and moaning and complaining, it can't live in the same spot as gratitude. 
if you have a spirit of gratitude, if you have a spirit of appreciation, amen, you don't have to worry or fret about how things are going to be uh, because that spirit will begin to overtake. It's like light overtaking darkness, and light always punctures holes in darkness, praise God. So we got to be ready for the therapy that God gives. And one of the keys to, to overcoming is worship. And worship has to begin with a spirit of appreciation, a spirit of appreciation for God, you know. And, 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 and it's not common uh, to have content, but God says that it is accessible. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. It's accessible for us. So the second thing I want to mention is that gratitude is the antidote. Number two, gratitude, 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 gratitude is the antidote. Amen. If we have a spirit of gratitude, it will dispel and get rid of joylessness. It will get rid of this disease, disappointment, and, 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 the, and the setbacks that we're occurring even in this season. The deferred dreams that we're experiencing, the, the betrayal in some instances, because somebody said they were going to take care, or they were going to look out, and then they've, they've disappointed. So betrayal can occur even in this season. But Jesus is greater than any betrayal. Jesus is greater than anything we can experience. Jesus can allow us to drop anchor and to settle and to have equilibrium and balance even in the midst of this season. Praise God. So, so, so a perfect storm, unfortunately, is when multiple elements converge simultaneously. There was a movie uh, called The Perfect Storm. And uh, so... But the perfect storm means the right wind speed, the right uh, levels of cold and heat, warmth and coolness coming together simultaneously, the right level of rain. And at that point that all these elements come together, even a northeaster uh, converging, those things come together. Now you got hurricane force, tornado force winds. You got tumultuous waves and wind, and a perfect storm can occur when multiple things happen. Amen. And let me say that, you know, we're, 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 we're in the midst of a perfect storm. Uh, and uh, even on a macro level, we're in a perfect storm. You know, when we can't outfit uh, uh, engineer uh, remedies fast enough, vaccines, therapeutics, things of that nature, medications, they can't come fast enough then we know we have an issue. We're in the midst of a storm, a worldwide storm, a perfect storm. You know, resources, not being able to get to the right people at the right time. You know, uh, websites shutting down, uh, funding, you know, un first funding, then underfunding, all these things happening. So on a micro level, economic systems are disturbed, political systems disturbed, educational systems dis disturbed. The whole world system is disturbed. So we have a perfect storm. Uh, and then on a macro level, then on a, on a micro level, we have a storm as well, a storm brewing. You know, I think about scenarios, just, just kind of imagining scenarios. A person, they have a job, uh, they, they make enough money, but, but it's tight. Uh, they, they barely make money, enough money for ends to meet, and they're, they're living from paycheck to paycheck. You know, in essence, uh, you know, uh, Lynn Richardson, she wrote a book, and she, she called, it, called it From Paycheck to Monday. So sometimes it's tighter 
from just a week from, from, from I can't wake it, wake it from Friday to Monday without spending all the money. There's nothing there. Now, coupled with you're already living in this way tight financially, now you've lost your job. Now you're unemployed. Uh, you seek your unemployment, and you've been trying to wait on it for weeks, and you find out that you're part of that 40% that, uh, that they, they're claiming weren't, weren't qualified to receive your unemployment. And, uh, and, and you're frustrated, and things aren't going well, and you're deemed ineligible in it for your unemployment benefits. That's a perfect storm. Have mercy, Lord. You already married it. You're married, and you already had marital problems. You already had marital problems, but even before this season happened, and, and you felt like as long as you had your friends to talk to and uh, you could spend time with them, you know, you were just in, avoid, in the avoidance mode. You, you avoided the issue. The problems started to get worse, and it got even worse after you had kids, and, and now the kids are home, and now, you know, you and your spouse are home, and there's less money because one of you were furloughed, and maybe you should get a divorce. That's what's running through your mind. That's a perfect storm. Have mercy, Lord. When, when you, 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 you've always worked from home, but sometimes it's lonely, but you've gotten used to it. Uh, you have, uh, you know, gotten into a routine, and you get a lot of quiet time. Now the kids are home. Your spouse is home. And you're homeschooling, and the kids are always coming in while you're working. The spouse is not used to being at home, and uh, now depression begins to set in. Sometimes they don't, you know, they're not helping you to keep the kids quiet, and, and, and extra messes are happening around the house, things that you usually don't have to deal with, and, and now you're frustrated. These are elements of a perfect storm. Have mercy, Lord. Uh, you're a working mom, and You've been at home for weeks and homeschooling, figuring out work for work for, for when, when, you know, figure out when, when you can go back. And you're not used to being at home so much. You, you've, you've always felt a little guilty for working full time and not being there with your kids. And uh, you've, you've always, now, you know, you're home, you're cooking, and now you're cleaning, and now it's time to go back to work. Now guilt uh, goes on you again, and you're confused, you're juggling a lot, you're exhausted. A perfect storm. You're single. You've been saying that you're working on, on you. You know, that's what you've been saying. I'm working on me. Uh, no rush to, to tra change your circumstances. May maybe you've been single a long time, uh, uh, you know, a, a while, and your focus has been on ministry. Uh, you know, that, that's been your baby, to, to get involved with the church and you know, invest your time with your friends, your hobbies, and your travel, and, and now, you know, you see your married friends, and they seem to be busy at home. People have gotten tired of FaceTime, and they don't call you back anymore. Most of your hobbies are closed, uh, closed off to you now, and you're feeling unmotivated, unsatisfied, unfulfilled. You're stir-crazy, and, and you're at home, and you've never felt that lonely. Uh, that's, that's part of a stir perfect storm. You are, you're single again, and, and you felt like 2020 was going to be your year. You know, that's going to be your year. And uh, you joined the single site to meet, meet new people. You're going to do it in a Christian way, I'm sure. <laughs> Have mercy, Lord. And, and, and you, you're ready to start a new relationship, the right one. And here comes this virus. 
And now you're scared to even meet anybody. Like, wait a minute. It, this is not the time to be dating. This is not the time to meet, be meeting somebody that I don't know. And so, so again, you've been, your, your bubble has been burst. You, you're claiming a miracle. You're claiming an opportunity. You're claiming God to send, send the right person into your life. And the season seems to be stuck and stale and stagnant. Have mercy, Lord. You're a singer. You're a senior couple. And your favorite thing to do, you know, you know, the highlight of your week is coming to church. You know, you, you, you enjoy coming to church and you enjoy seeing the people. You, can, you enjoy connecting with everybody. And, and you know, you, you, your family, your friends, you even like seeing the young people. You know, I, I get a chance to see young people and young families. And I love to help out in the ministry. And, you know, and, and, and then both of you have pre-existing conditions and medically. And, and maybe you know somebody else that's sick or, or, or passed from COVID-19, and now, now you're afraid to even go to the doctor. Uh, you're afraid to go to the store. Uh, your grandchildren can't even visit you. You can't see your friends, and all this technology is, is pretty frustrating. Sometimes you can't get it to work, and you're feeling unusual pains, and you're afraid to get help. Have mercy, Lord. And, and so a perfect storm. Uh, you know, you're a kid. You're just a kid, and you're 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 already struggling some in school. And there were bullies. Uh, at least the bullies can't get to you now. But sometimes the digital work is really getting confusing, and you wish your teacher could explain it. You, you don't you don't you don't get to, you to get along with your siblings now. Y'all in each other's faces more, and it seems to be more conflict and tension. Mom's stressed out. She's yelling, and you're wondering. That's a storm. You know, uh, kids is already struggling in high school. I, you know, I got a tutor. I got a mentor. I'm doing pretty good. Now, no big days. No prom. No grad night. No graduation. Gone. 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 Have mercy. You're in, you're in high school. You know, this is supposed to be in the best years of your life. And the best year of your life. You're a senior. And, and uh, you're going to show everybody, you know, what kind of, Adult, you, adult you're coming into and now distant from everybody that you were going to show. Have mercy, a storm. Graduating college and, you know, highest unemployment rate since the Great Depression. So now you're wondering, you know, am I going to be even be able to get a job? And if I do get a job, is it going to pay a living wage? Have mercy, Lord. All these storms are on the horizon. You're a business owner. Everything closed so quickly. You know, you can't pay your workers. You were denied the, the PPP loan. The, you know, uh, uh, you, you, uh, you have no PPE for your workers, you know, the personal protection equipment. And now, now you're unable to, uh, to uh, get unemployment and, and you're afraid to reopen. Now they're telling you you can't open, but at 25% capacity. And now you're saying, well, I can't pay the bills at 25% capacity. Uh, what, if I, what if I get this virus? What if one of my employees gets this virus? Uh, what if I have to file bankruptcy? What am I going to do? So, so business owners, PPP, stimulus loans, hard to, to, to get access and to know what's happening. You know, the Grammy Award winning hip hop artist from the 90s, the Naughty by Nature, uh, had a song that said, 
You down with the OPP? Yeah, you know me. You down with the OPP? Yeah, you know me. Well, business owners are now saying, you down with the PPP? No, they don't know me. You down with the PPP? No, they don't. Have mercy, Lord. In other words, there's a problem on every hand. There's a storm, and there's winter, there's darkness, there's night. But God, in his benevolence, God, in his all-powerful knowledge, God has made available for us this prescription. We can have peace in the midst of the storm. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. The word of God says, Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. John 14.27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Praise God. Three times I was beaten. 2 Corinthians 11.25, with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I spent adrift at sea. This is Paul saying, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not unfamiliar with storms. I've, I've gone through storms before. I'm, I've, I've experienced storms. And then this passage in Acts, the one we're going to end with, 27th chapter, verses 9 through 11, Paul advised them, verse 10, saying, Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also our lives. But the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than to what Paul said. And then verse 14, it says, But soon a tempestuous wind called the Northeaster struck down from the land, and when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and were driven along. In verse 18, since we were violently storm-tossed, they began the next day to jettison the cargo. And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, for 14 days, they were in the dark in this storm. There was, the tempest lay on us. All hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. And then verse 21. Since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss. In verse 22, Yet now I urge you to take heart. In other words, be encouraged. For there will be a loss of life. There will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel, of God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. And so it was that all were brought safely to the land. Isn't that powerful? God has the power to deliver. God has the power to, to overcome, uh, you know, the, the, the fear of the prisoners, the fear of the slaves, the fear of the, the mariners, the fear of the owner, the fear of the soldiers, the fear of, fear of the, saves, uh, the, the sailors, the fear of the slaves, all the fear that was in this, in, this, in this boat. God was able to alleviate the fear from Paul and allow him to declare a word, amen, to say, in essence, 
perfect peace can be yours. That's, that's the third thing I want to mention. Perfect peace. Perfect peace can be yours. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Perfect peace. Perfect peace. Peace that surpasses all the human understanding can be ours. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, now, I want you to know that uh, these soldiers, they were ready to throw the prisoners overboard. They were ready to sacrifice the prisoners. And, you know, the last thing they did, that they wanted to throw overboard was their grain. It was a grain vessel, and it had in its bottom compartments, you know, all this valuable grain. And so that's the last thing they threw out. Yet the, st the ship still did not prevail. It, you know, it, it's a model for still the economy really in some instances, unfortunately in the minds of some, can take precedence over safety in people's lives. In this instance, they're ready to kill, to sacrifice somebody else to save the value of their economic strength and prowess. Have mercy, Lord. In the midst of these times, we need to pray for our governmental leaders. We need to pray for those who are all in charge so that they make the proper and appropriate wise decisions in a time like this that puts people over wealth in the name of Jesus. You know, we need to understand that in the perfect storms, yeah, wind comes, rain comes. Even the boat was a problem. This was not a boat that was built to come up against the wind. It's, it's, it has in its a cargo hole uh, grain, so it's not a boat that can handle the wind. So the boat's not right. The crew's not right. Uh, the wind and the perfect storm has occurred. And now what has to happen is everything has to be thrown overboard. Everything. See, in times like this, we need to delineate our priorities and decide what's important, what really matters, what do I really get, need to give attention to, praise God. Do I give attention to the negative, the naysayers, the cynicism, the doubt of the world? Uh, am I a person of faith hearing the word of God and the revelation of God that says it's going to be all right? Everything's going to be okay. Amen. Peace will be declared in the midst of the storm that God can break through and intervene on our behalf, that God is able to do all through his power. He can meet our needs according to his riches and glory. So, yeah, I might be jobless for a moment. God can meet my needs. Yeah, I might be having difficulties, but God can meet my needs. Yeah, I might have some tension in the home, but God can show me how to heal it and how to produce harmony even in the midst of this season. You're in that home for a reason, to reestablish and to reconnect. Amen? To reestablish and reconnect a relationship that's been broken. And you've been avoiding it. You've been running in the other direction. Now it's time to face it. Now it's time to allow peace to prevail in the home. Allow, you know, calmer dispositions and minds to prevail. Allow talks to occur that bring, that bring forth reconciliation, that bring forth healing, that bring forth understanding, that brings forth sensitivity, that brings forth compassion, that brings forth love. Amen? Work it out. Work on it. Work it out. Work it on it. In this climate, in these conditions, when morale is low, ask God to bring it up, praise God, to, to move in the midst and allow life to be life, even in the midst of darkness. It was dark on this ship for 14 days. They didn't see the light of day. 
14 days of darkness, but God's light was on the horizon. It appears to be dark right now, but little bursts of light are breaking through. Little bursts of hope breaking through, praise God. Yeah, a few setbacks, but, you know, a setback is a setup for a comeback. So, so just know that traverse the territory and rekindle your joy, rekindle your love, and rekindle your peace. Let God have his way in you, praise God. Allow the angel of God to really be the angel of God. You know, Paul could speak so definitively because he heard from an angel. First, an angel warned him about what was coming. You know, and, and you've been listening to the angels, the preachers, the prophets, the prognosticators, you know, those who share the word of God and manage and handle the word of God. We've been warning about priorities, trying to get us to, to make sure that we shift our attention toward God. And in this season, you know, it's easy to try to wrap around and say, well, God did this. But, but if he didn't do it, he allowed it. Amen. And in the midst of that, God says, even though difficult things happen, he says, all things work together for good. Not that all things are good, but all things work together for the good, for those that love God and are called according to his purpose, praise God. So he wants to bless you. He wants to, to, to allow you to get to the right place. But there may be some cargo that you got to jettison. There, there, there may be some, some equipment that you got to throw overboard. There, there may be an anchor that, 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 that you need to launch out, amen. There may be a ship that you allow to be destroyed so that you can safely make it to the shore. Amen? It's a metaphor for life. These ships, these boats, these crews, these, these anchors. There may be some folk that you need to stop listening to right now. There may be some shows that you need to shift and shift to the good news, not the bad news, to the glory of Almighty God. This is a season of time to recalibrate and refocus to the glory of Almighty God, to allow the angel of God to speak to you. You know, we all have protective angels that are accessible and available for us if we're in the faith. And we need to hear the still, small voice of our God saying, peace be still. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am He's in the midst. Amen. Now, now, you know, Paul, Paul had what you might call, uh, you know, the ability to encourage. And, and one of the things we need to do in this season that's against countercultural, amen, against the currents of the world is to be encouragers. You know, encouragement is our, is our superpower. That, encouragement is our superpower. That's what we have. We have the power. That's one of my points. It's about to come up. Encouragement is one of our, is, is, is our superpower. Amen. And so, so we can encourage people in this season. We can speak life to people in this season. We can speak hope to people in this season. We can pe speak strength to people in this season. We can, we can allow folk to know that God is good in this season. So encouragement is our superpower. Amen. And lastly, you know, we're going to need a hookup. Paul had the hookup. You know what his hookup was? His connection with God. You know what his hookup was? His connection with angels. You know what his hookup was? His connection 
to the spirit of Christ. You know what his hookup was? His, his, the length and breadth of the understanding of the word of God. His managing and hearing and listening and meditating and studying the word of God. So he knew God's truth. He knew God told him that he was going to Rome. If you know your assignment, you don't have to be worried because God's going to allow you to fulfill your assignment. Now, if you are totally ignorant and unaware of your assignment, you don't know whether you're safe or not. But when you know your assignment, you know when you're in harm's way and you know when you're safe. He knew that he was going to get to peaceful shores because God had already told him he's going to get to Italy. God had already told him he's going to make it to Rome. God had already told him that he's going to get to, to speak before that audience and share the good news of the kingdom of God. God wants to give us an assignment that buffets us, that protects us, that builds us up, that gives us spiritual and holy confidence, that helps us to know that we're going to be all right, praise God, because I know without a shadow of a doubt that God's going to drop me off on a peaceful shore. Amen. That God's going to rebuke the enemy, Satan, sin, selfishness. You know, God's going to rebuke poisonous elements that's around in the world. God's going to not going to allow any weapon fashioned or formed against me to be able to prosper. That's the good news. That's confidence. That's hope. That's faith alive. So we got we got we need to hook up. We need to hook up with God. Not not hook up to get the best mask. You know, I got a uh, I got a this is an N99 mask. It's, it's, it's better than N95, you know? I got the hookup to get this mask. You know, everybody don't have these, but I got the hookup. Amen. You, you ever got a hookup? You got to some, you know, place that you didn't ne necessarily think you were going to be able to get to, but somebody got you in, somebody escorted you in, somebody got you a ticket. You know, you need access. And let me tell you something. In order to get into the kingdom, access into the kingdom, you got to be escorted by Jesus. You need to hook up to get real peace. You got to be on Jesus' arms, praise God. To get real understanding, you got to be connected with him. To get, to get peace and joy and hope, you got to be strong in him. So I'm asking you to listen, to hear, to heed, to be still, and to know that God is God. Don't depend on your bank account. It's going to let you down. Don't depend on simply the diet change to bring about health. It's going to let you down. Don't, don't, don't just depend just on exercise. It's not enough for true health and healing, the healing of the mind and healing of the soul. Depend on a connection with soul care. Amen. Not soul food, soul care to the glory of Almighty God. Don't depend on lawyers. Don't depend on doctors. Don't depend on politicians. Don't depend on just exclusively any kind of leader. We need to hook up. We need to hook up with Jesus. Amen. Not just an internet hook. We need a hookup with Jesus, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings and Prince of Peace and the Mighty Counselor, our God, who's able to rehab our circumstances, our God, who's able to rebuild our lives, our God, who's able to make us over in his image. I want to invite somebody to get hooked up to Jesus today, to make a definitive uh, connection. It starts with a commitment to Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith, the perfecter of our lives, the broker of hope and joy and peace and contentment and gratitude and love. 
but we got to worship him in spirit and in truth. I'm going to ask Kirk to come up behind me, and he's going to lead us in a little bit of an invitational song as I extend to you an invitation uh, to come to Jesus. You can go to info at rejoicingalord.org and convey that I'm, I'm coming to him. I'm, I'm connecting with him. I, I want him to rebuild my life. I want him to rehab my life. I want him to refresh my soul. I want him to give him, give, I want him to give me the ability to reset everything financially, reset my job, reset my life, reset my marriage, reset my relationships. He's able to take care of all of that. So connect with him. Give your life wholeheartedly to him and allow him to begin to massage your soul and your heart and your mind. He'll renew it. So express a love for him. Give your life totally to him. Connect with the kingdom, the church, the family, the fold of God. God wants you to be connected with the kingdom, the church of Jesus Christ. It's his body. He has compassion and love. Jesus said, I gave my life for the church. So it's an entity, it's an institution, even though it's made up of us, it has some flaws, but Jesus is in the midst of healing that, and he wants us connected to his body, the church of Jesus Christ. So say, I want to be a member, I want to be a partner, I want to get connected. You can also message us in, in, in one of the social media platforms, but this is not just a message that's out here virtually. You can also virtually connect and respond. But it is a call right now to respond to Jesus. Let him have his way in you today. We're just thankful for the opportunity to extend this invitation. We're thankful for the opportunity to bring a word. We're thankful for the word that is a liberating and delivering force. And we give God thanks. Let's give God some praise for that. And continue to be prayerful for those who are making decisions and continue to renew your faith, your connection, your commitment to Jesus, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit who can bring us out of any storm. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. We love you. 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 We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Amen, amen. So that basically concludes our service. We're going to just have a little meditation of music to, to, con to conclude, but we're thankful for your decision to tune in today. May God bless you and keep you is our prayer. Just one.